Chapter 6 of Life of St. Gerard Mayella. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Valeria. Life of St. Gerard Mayella by Reverend O. R. Vassal Phillips. His journeyings to and fro. A few years after the holy death of Saint Gerard, a lay brother belonging to some mendicant order was out questioning for his convent. While going his rounds, one day, in the company of two priests of the locality, he entered the house of an old lady who was nearly blind. When she asked who her visitors might be and what was the object of their visit, one of the priests replied that it was a brother come to beg an alms for the support of his monastery. Whereupon the good old lady got up at once and walked as quickly as she could across the room, saying, Oh, my dear brother Gerard, let me, I beg of you, kiss your hand. The astonished brother had now, of course, to explain matters. It was a case of mistaken identity. Brother Gerard had died some time previously. Brother Gerard, dead? Brother Gerard, dead? cried out the old lady in dismay. Oh, he was indeed a great saint. She then related how the holy servant of God had once visited her house in a time of general dirt. For her comfort, he had foretold that she would be able with the one partial whole meal which yet remained in her store to provide for all the wants of her family until the next harvest. Everything happened exactly as he had promised. Contrary to the laws of human possibility, this meal held out with but little visible diminution until the season of plenty arrived. Once more, it was made manifest that what is impossible with man is possible with God. Indeed, not only did it amply suffice for the needs of the whole family and of several workmen as well, but there even remained some over and above after all their wants had been provided for. This, the mistress of the house, remembered that she had been able to sell. She now, gladly and gratefully, gave the brother a liberal alms in memory of the saint, who had been her great benefactor. In the mere recollection of Gerard, thus provoked charity after his death. We may easily imagine his influence during life. 
Wherever he went, he won the affection and confidence of the people by the kindness of his heart and his wonderful miracles. While at the same time, he often gained the greatest sinners for God by disclosing to their amazement secrets of the past, which they believed known to no mortal man. Not long after his profession, he returned to his native city of Muro, there to collect alms for his convent. At Muro, he stayed with one Alexander Piccolo, a watchmaker by trade. The son of this man one day fell down in the street in a fit. He was stunned by his fall and carried into a neighboring house in a state of unconsciousness. The people thought that he was dying. Loud were the cries of grief that rent the air. As soon, however, as Saint Gerard appeared upon the scene, all was changed. Quietly saying that it would be nothing, he knelt down and made the sign of the cross upon the boy's forehead, who that instant was seen to rise without delay or difficulty from the ground, restored to a perfect state of health and strength. Amidst loud exclamations of grateful wonderment from the crowd which had gradually gathered round, when looked at in the light of fate, Far more wonderful than any bodily cure is the conversion of a soul to God. There was in Muro a notary, named Peter de Rubertis, who had been guilty of a homicide which was known to God alone. He had in his orchard a specially fine cherry tree, the better to guard his property, he used to keep watch over it himself. Now, one evening, coming upon a thief in his garden, he let him off with threats as to the consequences should he be found marauding a second time. However, he soon caught the same man again. Once more, he restrained his anger. But when, emboldened by impunity, the thief returned anew, it was too much for the Robertis to bear. In his fury, whether more or less accidentally or deliberately is not clear, he assaulted him with fatal results, and then buried the dead body in the orchard. As this tragedy occurred during the night, the missing man was never traced, and his murderer was not brought to justice. He kept his dread secret locked up in the inmost recesses of his own breast. From God he could not hide it, but he was mad enough to conceal it from the priests of God, even in the sacred tribunal of penance. Four years 
he had made bad confessions and lived in a terrible state of sacrilege, until God, in His great mercy, brought him one day into contact with Saint Gerard. The holy brother looked at the poor man intently and then said to him, without more ado, Sir, your consent is indeed in a sad state. You will have to make your confessions all over again, beginning from the time when you killed that man near the cherry tree and then buried him in your orchard. You have never told it yet in confession. The guilty man was thunderstruck. On his return home, he told all to his wife, who made the whole story known after his death. Meanwhile, his soul had been won by the saint. He hastened to approach the sacrament in good earnest. No longer was he a sacrilegious tiffler with holy things. A real penitent, he hastened to make a good confession, and thus regained the peace of mind that had not been his for many a year, and which in all probability never would have been his again, had it not been for Brother Gerard's charity. For three years, the servant of God was passing and repassing through the kingdom of Naples on his appointed rounds, everywhere persuading the greatest sinners to turn away from vice and lead a life of virtue. We cannot here do more than select two or three of the tales of wonder that embellish the story of these journeys with a beauty all their own. Saint Gerard was deeply steeped in the true Franciscan spirit, and we find him, like Saint Francis and Saint Anthony, often calling to his aid the services of his brothers the animals, who whenever there was question of causing sin to be avoided, or of teaching some deep spiritual truth, seemed almost to be endowed for the moment with the gift of a reason at his word. On one occasion he noticed that the horse he was riding for Gerard's journey, according to the custom of the time, were usually made on horseback, had lost its shoes. So he went to the nearest forge and asked to have the beast reassured. His task performed the blacksmith claimed an exorbitant sum in payment. Now Gerard had made a vow of poverty. The money that was demanded of him was not his to give. Beside, he wished to teach the man a wholesome lesson, so he deliberately told the horse to take the shoes off again that there might be nothing for which to pay. The animal stepped forward, shook its hooves, and lo, the shoes fell to the earth. The blacksmith 
was struck mute with astonishment. But after a few moments, as he saw the figure of Saint Gerard riding away on his unshod steed and gradually disappearing in distance, he called out loudly, Gerard, Gerard, will you come back for one instant? Brother Gerard, however, was not thus to be brought back. He proceeded quietly on his journey. The servant of God had but to call the little birds, and they would come flocking round him and perch on his hand. We are told that the young nephew of a certain priest, Don Salvatore by name, had a bird given to him which he kept in a cage in his room. Gerard, pitying it in its unnatural captivity, opened the cage and let it fly happily away. But as the child began to cry bitterly at the loss of his pet, Gerard went to the window and called out, Come back, little bird, come back! The child is crying, he wants you! Back came the little creature obedient to the voice of Gerard, who restored it to its owner. On another occasion, when on his way to Corrado, the saint met a small farmer who was in great distress. The field mice were destroying all the produce of his land, on which he was absolutely dependent for the support of his family. St. Gerard's tender heart was filled with compassion for the sad condition of these poor people. Accordingly, he asked the farmer whether he would prefer the mice to die or would he have them to go elsewhere. Let them all die, was the decisive answer that came without a moment's hesitation. Very well, assented Gerard. He then raised his hand and made the sign of the cross in the direction of the field. That same instant, its surface was strewn with dead and dying mice. Amazed at the wonderful sight that met his view, our farmer, beside himself with delight, went full haste into Corato, spreading the news far and wide that a great saint would soon be in the town. We will now relate a miracle of another kind. The Holy Brother once went into a strange house and asked for something to eat. He begged it, he said, as an alms for the love of God. The poor woman to whom this appeal was made had not so much as a morsel of bread in the house. Like the widow, of whom we read in the scripture story, she had only a handful of flour. This she had just brought home from the mill. So she told Saint Gerard that having nothing for herself, she had nothing to give away. What? You have nothing? And that bin is all full of bread. It is empty, persisted the woman. I have not so much as a piece of bread in the whole house. Gerard, however, 
persuaded her just to raise the lid of the bin. There was no room for doubt about the matter. It was indeed full of most excellent bread. We will conclude this chapter with the quaint account that had been handed down to us of a famous conversion affected by our saint. He was going home to Iliceto after having been for some time absent, collecting alms in the neighborhood. His cloak was patched, his habit old and short, his hat was a marvel of poverty. Altogether, the appearance he presented seemed sufficiently weird to a young man whom it changed to fall in with on the road. The thought suddenly flashed across his mind that Gerard could be no other than a wandering gypsy, dreaming of little save acquisition of gold and silver. It also occurred to him that he had met an adept in occult science who was searching for a hidden treasure. Oh, if I could only share his secret, he thought within himself, then perchance I might also share his treasure. Straight away he accosted Gerard. Perhaps, sir, he asked blandly, perhaps you are a wizard. Perhaps I am, perhaps I am not was Gerard's reply, confirmed in his singular misunderstanding by this evasive answer. The young man now boldly made his request. If you are searching for a treasure, he said, I am most ready to help you. Let me offer you my services. But questioned Gerard, are you a man of mind? and a man of courage to boot. Little do you guess all that I am, answered the stranger eagerly, and then followed the sad tale of a life of sin, with the final avowal that it was full six years since the unhappy being had last approached the sacraments. Well, well, chimed in Gerard. You then, without a doubt, are the very man for whom I will now most gladly seek a treasure. Only do as I bid you, and the treasure is yours. So together they walked, deep in conversation, until, at last, they reached a forest thick with brushwood. Gerard was the first to enter. His companion, full of suppressed excitement, thought that now his desires were on the very point of being realized. When at last they were in the midst of a tangled corpse, the brother took off his cloak, slowly and mysteriously laid it on the ground, and then beckoned to his new friend to advance. The young man began to quake and tremble with fear. Every shadow cast by the trees seemed to be a living form. Every moment he expected to behold an apparition of the Prince of Darkness. Gerard saw that his opportunity had arrived. 
Suddenly, he took out his crucifix and, holding it up before the eyes of the astonished lad, said gently, "Yes, I promised you a treasure. Behold it here, the treasure of all treasures, the treasure which you have so madly bartered for the wages of sin." The hour of grace had struck. The poor boy was touched to the quick. He burst forth into bitter sobs. Gerard, seeing him thus pierced with sorrow for having offended our blessed Lord, pressed him lovingly to his heart. He then brought him home to the convent, where he kept him several days and introduced him. To make his peace with God by a good confession of the evil past, truly a wizard indeed. End of chapter six. Recording by Valeria.